You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. All right, everyone, Chris Lopez here, and welcome back to another deal analysis in our deal analysis blitz. So today, we're actually being talking about a house hack that clients bought about this time last year. So we're talking springtime in 2019. Now, they bought this place in Arvada, and they are operating as an Airbnb. So we're going to run through the details of taking the property down, normal numbers. But we're actually going to run through two different spreadsheets on this property about one actually while they're living there, while actually house hacking it and bringing the Airbnb income. And then once they move out, because we often just do the analysis of once they move out, but since they're airbnb it and they want to follow the rules, they're going to do it while they're living there because once they move out, they can no longer Airbnb it. So I got Joe Massey with me today. Joe, how's it going? Good to see you, Chris. Thanks for having me. Always enjoy talking about these deals. This one is a, a one that stands out because of the Airbnb aspect. So I'm excited to review this one with everybody. All right. So going to the investor profile, this is a young professional couple that they relocated to Denver sometime in 2018. And their goal is to house hack to reduce living expenses and then start building a rental portfolio. And their monetary goal was that while they're living their property and while they're house hacking it, was to have their mortgage payment or their portion of their monthly mortgage payment less than $1,000 a month. So as we were analyzing properties last year, that's the way we were analyzing them, both you know while they're living there, and then once they moved out, it's, hey, great, can we live here, bring in some extra income, and basically paying less than $1,000 a month for our living expenses. So no surprise here, we found this deal on the MLS, which is where we find all of our Nomad and House Hack properties. And so this property is in Arvada. So it's near Ralston Park, just a great location. Um, so it's a four-bedroom, three-bathroom house with a mother-in-law suite. So it's a detached home. And I'm going to try to describe the layout because it's a, it's a really good layout. So you've got the detached home that you normally see with the you know two-car garage next to it. And then above the garage is actually where the mother-in-law suite is, which is a one bedroom, one bathroom with a small full kitchen in there. And there was a separate entrance to that, I think. Yeah, right? and that was a great thing. So if yeah. you get to it, uh, if you go around, you know, they've got the, you know, it's your standard suburbs in, in Arvada. So you go out, you know, to the right of the garage, there's a gate and then uh, a nice path to go out back. And then there's a separate entrance into the back, which is actually this basically like a common hallway that goes into the house. So there's a, they put a deadbolt, like an, you know, one of those, um, like with the key, the key the code, keyless, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the key code, or the uh, number code on there, so that way they can have it rotating for their their Airbnb guests. They come in that door, and it's a small hallway, so just you know, a coat room, whatever, mud room, and then from there, there's a door that they had a deadbolt to that goes in the main part of the house, and then there's a door that goes up the stairs into the mother all suite above the garage. So just a cool layout. Yeah, it's great, uh, and just perfect for exactly what what they want to do. So uh, this was springtime last year. I think we were, you know, we were shopping for properties February, March, April uh, with this couple. What was the market like back then? Zoo, just a yeah. complete zoo for buyers. Sellers had all the power, um, basically exactly like it is right now, that there's a lot of buyers, not enough sellers. So you've got to get creative and you've got to be serious when you're ready to buy. And so I remember, I think we put an offer at least on one place. It might have been two, um, you know, and we lost out. And then this was a third offer we put in and we got it. And then the day the clients were actually happy. You know, it always kind of stinks to lose out on an offer. But from the other property we looked at, this was actually better than the other two. So in the grand scheme, 
of things. This actually worked out better. Another month of looking around and putting deals in was not a big deal. So this price was right around four twenty-five. Uh, we ended up going uh, under contract about four thirty-five. It was multiple offers. We were bumping elbows. Uh, again, why we liked it? Great location. Uh, they could literally take the bike path to Old Town, Nevada. It's the a perfect setup for house hacking. Uh, basically, turnkey. The main house had been updated. Uh, I think it was an estate sale, so they did some work on there. The mother-in-law suite, uh, it was functional, but it was dated. So the uh, owners, they like uh, to do DIY stuff. So they want to go in there and do some work and update themselves. And just phenomenal Airbnb potential and house hack potential. So uh, contract details. Uh, like I said, we lost out on two properties. This was our third. We got it above asking. And we beat out other people. And this was just, you know, we wrote a really good contract. We threw in some secret sauce. We worked with Joe Massey and his team on taking this property down. And just when we pre present very tight offers, uh, well-written, uh, we present a very well-defined team. It helps us win offers. So we fortunately got under contract. Pros, uh, new exterior siding, new electrical, new paint, new carpet, new flooring. Uh, the cons during the inspection, it was some minor electrical stuff and then some minor sewer settling, but very typical and common for the age of the house. Nothing that was too crazy. So what we ended up doing was we got about $2,000 seller credit uh, for some of these issues. They fixed some of the minor electrical issues. We had them do a routine HVAC service. And then since there was a little bit of settling on the sewer, the clients added uh, an insurance, a sewer line insurance addendum to their homeowner's insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's often is very, very cheap, you know, $100 a year or so. But they wanted to mitigate a, you know, just sewer risk. So they got some sewer insurance. I don't it's think like, it's a I, I think it's backup insurance is what it's called, right? Like in case the sewer backs up. No, it's not the up. backup insurance. So it's in addition to backup insurance. Oh. So, yeah, it's not the backup for, for a flood your house. Yeah. This is actually for like uh, the sewer line extra riders. You have to replace the sewer line. Huh. No kidding. Good yeah. to know. Wow. And I don't know the technical term for it, but ask your insurance agent or They'll email know. me and I'll be able to say, again, ask your insurance agent. Yeah, the insurance guy will know. <laughs> and it's weird. Some... Uh, uh, insurance agents do it. Some don't. I don't know the details, but something to keep on your radar. So uh, for lending, what do we do here, Joe? So this was pretty normal. Conventional deal, 5% down. The appraisal came in spot on at that value and not at the list price, at the contract price. So, you know, we offered 10 grand above and it came in at that value. No no issues, no concerns, no problems with the property. And then, of course, they did get that $2,000 seller concession to apply towards their closing costs so they could do additional work uh, or repairs on the property afterwards. And they opted to pay the monthly mortgage insurance rather than the upfront. We did review both options and monthly for this couple ended up making the most sense. Great. So let's dive in the spreadsheet here. And I just remembered this. So I actually, um, a few episodes after this is released, either the one right after or a couple afterwards, I'm going to be doing an interview with a couple on this property. Uh, since it's been a year since they've uh, got the Airbnb running, they got lots of great tips and a couple of uh, you know things to share as well, just learning experiences on how they, get up and, they got it up and running. So make sure you listen to that podcast because it's going to be a great one. So the first analysis we're doing on this is while they're living there as an Airbnb. So we've put in primary residence, 5% down, monthly paid mortgage insurance. We put in the purchase price of $435. Acquisition costs are about $5,700 plus their $1,540 loan cost to Joe. Their down payments just under $22,000. And so all into the uh, closing table, they're all in for about $28,000. Now, 
to remodel the mother-in-law suite plus a couple other minor items. They did some, uh, it was mostly remodeled plus I think some minor plumbing work. It was about $5,000 in initial repair cost. So we actually include that initial repair cost of about $5,000 in our analysis because if they don't spend that money, guess what? They can't get that rental income. So to kind of keep things as realistic as possible, if we have to spend money to uh, repair the property, bring an income, we're going to account for it. Now, just understand, this is money that they spend after closing and they've owned the property. It's not to the closing table. So interest rates, a little bit higher last year, uh, mm -hmm. about 4.5% is what they got over 30-year fixed. Now, their Airbnb income uh, for that mother-in-law suite, so they live in the main house and that their average monthly Airbnb income is $1,950 a month gross. That's before taxes, before cleaning fees, all that stuff, because they're doing the cleaning sometimes themselves or hiring other times, about $1,950 gross. And then in the main house, which is a three-bedroom, two-bathroom main house, um, one of their sisters is living with them. So, you know, they are able to reduce living expenses that way as well. So it's a really great win-win because they, they know their tenant and they're friends with the tenant, their family, and they actually get along really, really well. And so they're actually charging their uh, sister or one of their sisters $700 a month, which is actually below what fair market value would be for a rent in that area. You could easily get $800 or $900, but it's family, so it's a good win-win. So all together, while they're living there, they're grossing about $2,650 a month. Yeah, very, very smart way to buy a property. I'm excited to see how the numbers shake out, um, but just right off the top, they've got some money that's offsetting that monthly mortgage payment. It's great. So we plugged the normal numbers here, 3% vacancy, 5%. And vacancy, I know with Airbnb gets wonky, but this is why we're using the average monthly gross. So vacancy won't come into play there. Rent increase 3%, uh, Arvada, Lots of upside there, 5% appreciation. We're plugging in our standard default 25% effective tax rate. So they do not pay for property management. They are doing everything themselves there. We are setting aside 8% in monthly reserves. So basically about one month's worth of rent to just take care of whatever stuff they need to do, replace Airbnb, uh, you know, uh, uh, toilet paper and frying pans, whatever else gets used up and stolen from Airbnb yep. rentals. So their taxes are $1,455 for the year. Property insurance is about the same at $1,450. So here's some actual average utility bills for the last year. Uh, their water and sewer for the entire year was $672. He did note saying we did not turn the sprinklers and our lawn showed that. So going forward, we will be turning our sprinklers. So they will probably see some higher water bills next year. Their trash is 281 for the year. Electric is about $1,500 for the year. So I know we don't have a couple uh, expenses in there for some Airbnb stuff, but this is about the best we can get it. And make sure you listen to the podcast for more details on their Airbnb business. Yep, they'll tell they'll teach us a lot about that. One thing too, a lot of times you want to factor in a cleaning fee. One thing I know these guys do is they charge that cleaning fee back to the Airbnb guest. So if the Airbnb guest, they charge them, let's say $50 cleaning fee, it costs $50 for the, the person to come in and clean it. And I don't know if they clean it themselves or if they have somebody, um, but so cleaning is excluded in this because the Airbnb guest is paying it. So it's a wash. Yeah. And so for the exact Airbnb numbers, listen to the interview we do with them because we'll dive into a lot more of that because that's so much, you know, there's a lot more moving parts on there. But altogether, while they're living there, their annual expenses are just under $8,000. That's for utilities, reserves, uh, taxes, insurance, all that stuff. 
giving them about a $23,000 annual net operating income. Subtract out their mortgage payments, about $25,000 a year. Subtract out their estimated PMI payments, about $1,800 a year. And your annual cash flow is $3,949. Negative. 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 Did I forget that? You did forget that. Oh, well, I meant to say that. It's negative. They are losing money. Let's hear that. Let's pause that and think about that for a second. They are losing $3,900 a year. But are they really losing that money, Chris? No, because this is while they're living there. That's right. $3,900 is what they're actually paying. That's the cost out of their pocket to live in this home. Now, I don't know about you, but I pay more than $3,900 a year to live in my home. Oh, yeah. I pay way more than that. Yeah. So this breaks down. It's like 350 bucks a month that they're paying to live in this home. And go back to one of the very first things we talked about when we started this podcast was what was their goal? It was to reduce their monthly living expenses to less than $1,000 a month. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. This is what you said, about 350 a about month? About 350 a month, give or I take. Mean, so, I mean, that is a huge, huge, uh, you know, much, much less than $1,000 a month. I know these guys, they've been stoked with it. So look at these numbers here. They're a little bit wonky, not a great, great way to analyze it in the first year return because they're living there. But it's going to give you a negative cash on cash return. It's a 5.2% cap rate, uh, 166, 166 GRM. But here's the interesting thing. Even though uh, we're looking at the, the return on investment quadrant that uh, James Orr and the Real Estate Financial Planner lets us use, uh, their cash flow is about negative 4000 a year. Now, they are definitely need to talk to their accountant about a depreciation and what they can and can't write off. But while they're living there, a little bit of them, but mostly their tenants, they're paying down their debt about $6,700 a year. They'll see in principal reduction on their loan and values have appreciated in Arvada. So if it's appreciated at 5%, that's $22,000. So while they're paying $400 or whatever a month to live, they've probably made, you know, $25,000, $30,000 in equity. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're making yeah. This is a home run. They're they're making up money in the long term by spending a little bit of money in the short term. But keep in mind, they have to live somewhere. So if they just bought this as a rental and rented it out, that's fine. But they would cost them fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars a month to pay in rent somewhere else. So now they're gaining equity in this property and they're paying basically three hundred and fifty dollars a month to air quotes rent slash live in this property. All right, great deal, tremendous deal. All right, so let's go through now the second analysis for once they move out. So again, this is still using Joe's uh, version 6.2 of the spreadsheet, and now we're starting a new one. Here are the screenshots. So we plugged in primary residence, 5% down, monthly mortgage insurance. We plugged in the same purchase price, the same acquisition cost, the same repair cost, same interest rate, all the same stuff. Now where it changes is when it comes to the monthly rental income. So we have it broken out into two different lines. So the main house, which is that three bedroom, two bathroom, should rent for $2,100 to $22 a month pretty easily in that part of town. So we are going to say $2,100 a month to be a little bit more on the conservative side. Now the mother-in-law suite, which is a 1-1, should rent between $1,000 to $1,100 a month, maybe a little bit more. But to be conservative, we're going to say about $1,000 a month. So that gives them a total rental income on the realistic conservative side of about $3,100 a month. That is great for a single family home. I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah fantastic. So going back in, oh, going down to the other expenses here. So they're not gonna pay for property management. We'll still be putting away 8% reserves for repairs and maintenance. Uh, there is no HOA. 
Uh, their taxes will stay the same. Of course, will probably go up since it'll be you know the next year, so maybe up, up a couple hundred dollars a month. Their insurance will be roughly the same. Uh, now, the same thing for the utilities. Uh, they will be paying for water and sewer and trash or billing that back to the tenants. But the tenants will be paying for the elect electrical. So a lot of the utility bills out of pocket will be less for the uh, landlords here. So their analysis when they move out, their annual expenses are going to be about $6,800. Their net operating income will be just under $30,000. But we subtract out mortgage payments which are exactly the same as we talked about two minutes ago, $25,000 and change. And then their PMI payments, about $1,800 for the year. Their annual cash flow before taxes is going to be a positive $2,357 a year. So, Joe, when you see things where people put 5% down, they move it after a year, and it's a positive cash flow, I mean, what's your reaction? Take it. Buy another one. Yeah. I mean, th this is a great deal. You know, this is something that you're going to live not for free, but nearly for free for the year while you're living there. Then when you move out, you no longer have the hassle of managing an Airbnb, right? So that's something to keep in mind. Your Airbnb rents have gone down, but your work has gone down as well. We've put just a permanent tenant in the mother-in-law suite. Yes. We've put a permanent tenant in the rest of the home. We're not cleaning it. We're not managing an Airbnb. We're not messing with it. Now, all of a sudden, guess what? We've got a little bit lower rents, but we can move out. And guess what's fixed? My mortgage payment and my monthly mortgage insurance. Those are inflation protected, aren't going to go up. So by moving out now, we're still making $2,400 a year. That's a $200 a month cash flow. When previously we were spending $350 a month, that's a $550 swing to get into a more comfortable living situation and not have to manage an Airbnb. So I think this is great for the first year, Airbnb it, get our living expenses down. Second year, we're going to move out, rent it out, and now we're making you know a swing of $500 a month from where we were at previously. Um, fantastic deal. And so look at the numbers here. It's going to be a 6.9% cash on cash return. It's going to be a 67 cap rate. Um, I mean, you just don't see these numbers very often in single family homes in Denver. No. And the interesting thing, your appreciation, your debt pay down, and your depreciation hasn't changed because those don't make any impact. There's no impact on those because of the uh, rents you're charging. So the only thing that's changed here is the cash flow. So they were losing a little bit of money on their cash flow in year number one. Now, year number two, they've moved out, rented out the entire unit, and now they're making a 100% return on their money. They invested $33,900. They're going to make a little over $34,000 every year moving forward. It'll be more in year three, more in year four, five, six, but they've, they're going to break even and pay back their entire investment in that second year. All right, guys. So we will wrap up this podcast. As I said, make sure you listen out for the interview that we do uh, with this couple because they're going to come in here and share a lot of the details about what they did to get their place up and running, what they learned from Airbnb. I've had lots of interesting conversations with them. So it be, should be a goldmine of knowledge for people out there that want to do this. So thank you for listening. Give us our feedback. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. I always appreciate it. And if you guys need help with finding properties, analyzing properties, reach out to me and my team. If you guys need help with lending, definitely reach out to Joe and his team. Our contact details are on the website or click the show notes or Google us and you'll definitely be able to find us. Have a great day, everyone.